This is the Women Your Mother Warned You About podcast, sponsored by Sales Gravy. I'm Gina Tremarco, Master Sales Trainer and Director of Coaching Programs at Sales Gravy. Before we get started with this week's episode, I want you to go and check out Sales Gravy University. Sales Gravy University is the place where sales professionals and sales leaders from across the globe go to learn and upscale. And right now, if you're a brand new user and you've never used Sales Gravy University before, you can get your first course for free by using coupon code free course when you go to learn.salesgravy.com. That's coupon code free course when you go to learn.salesgravy.com. And hey, I've got several courses there that you can check out. So I hope to see you there. But let's go ahead and get started with this week's episode. And she's like, those are not questions that you would ask a man. Why are you Mm -hmm. asking me? (laughs) Very concerned about her children and how much time that takes. And she's like, I've got it under control. You can trust me. Like I am already the CEO of this company and I'm doing fine. So like you don't need to worry about if I'm going to be able to make sure my kids have rides to lunch, you know, or just school. I would have been like, why don't you ask their father? Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's how how I would have responded. Why don't you ask their father? Fan. Fantastic. Awesome. Hey, Warners, welcome to another episode of The Women Your Mother Warned You About. This is Gina Tremarco and Susanna Gray-Jones. And as usual, this show is brought to you by Sales Gravy. And um, it is Battle of the Blondes today, (laughs) and I forgot my peroxide. So today (laughs) we don't have one guest. We have two guests plus Susanna. So there's three blondes against one redhead. Welcome, Alex Husner and Annie Holcomb to our show. Um, it's two women from another podcast with two women from this podcast. Ladies, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. <laughs> It is um, it's really cool to have you here. I'm not going to go um, into your bio per se, because we'll put that in our show notes, but I would love to get just a little intro from each of you for our listeners before we dive in. And Alex, why don't you go ahead and get started since you got this ball rolling? Sure. Yeah. So my name is Alex Husner, and I actually, I live here in Myrtle Beach area, just like Gina. And I've I've been a, a fan of the show for several years now, actually. And so just ran into Gina at a, a Myrtle Beach Chamber meeting recently. And so I was like, I love the show. And we started chatting. I think we've got a lot of different things in common with our show, our podcast, um, as well as yours. But um, I am the chief marketing officer for Condo World, which is a vacation rental, short-term rental business in North Myrtle Beach. Um, and also with my partner, Annie. We are the hosts of the Alex and Annie podcast, which were the real women of vacation rentals, which we started last fall and have just been having a ball with it. <laughs> and uh, let's see, I have three dogs and <laughs> uh, love living here at the beach. <laughs> awesome. Fantastic. Annie, what about you? So I am um, Alex's partner in crime, like as she said, on the Alex and Annie Real Women of Vacation Rogers podcast. But I am the vice president of business development for a company called Lexicon Travel Technologies. We are a channel manager within vacation rentals. So that's the synergies that Alex and I bring to the tables, vacation rentals. Um, but I've been in the hotel 
hospitality, sales, marketing, business development space since the 90s. Um, so I've been around, been around the block a few times uh, from hotel sales, hotel marketing, convention sales and services, then business relations within owner development at uh, vacation rental management companies. I worked for Expedia Group um, at OTA for four and a half years on their market management team and their um, key account team, which was international accounts. And now I'm back um, kind of in the vacation rentals directly with the channel management and again, doing the podcast with Alex. So that's how we met you guys and super excited to join Susanna as another blonde. It's great. The battle of the blondes. <laughs> yeah. Three blondies. The I, like the, I like the, what did you call it? The blonde mafia? Blonde mafia. The blonde mafia. I like that. Well, before we get into to some questions, I know we got a lot of different things we could talk about. I just need to know. And you both have to answer this individually. <laughs> Do you consider yourself a woman your mother warns you about? And if so, why? Wow. Um, you can go first, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> She's got an answer. She's got an answer. You know, I don't, I have a son and I'm trying to say like women that I would warn him about if I would be that person. So I'm going to yeah. say no, I don't think I am, but I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't think so. I think you're wrong, but go on. I don't, I don't know what I don't know what I would be war. I, you know, I guess I just don't know. But maybe, maybe possibly so because I am a little um, aggressive minded. When I get my mind put on something, I want to do it and I want to figure it out. And I don't want a roadmap. I want to write my own roadmap. Um, <laughs> yeah, probably maybe the the fact that I'm not exactly um, a by the book individual. Maybe that would be what the mothers would. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I knew you would come over to our side. What about Alex? Yeah, I, I think it depends on who the mother is. First, <laughs> yes. uh, my mother. There's a lot of mothers out <laughs> yeah. there. I'm just my mother or anybody like my mother who was a career driven individual um, would not would not warn anybody about me. But uh, if a mother wants somebody, their son to just have a stay at home wife, then no, that's not me. <laughs> so they might warn, warn them about me. But um no, I, you know, I like Annie, I'm a very driven um, person and I, I love what I do. I love to be out and around people. And, you know, sometimes that makes my schedule just a little bit crazy, mm -hmm. but uh, I, I would say probably, yeah, yeah. Yes, you both are. <laughs> a long way of saying yes. <laughs> you picked up on something really interesting there, actually, because there are still lots of mothers out there who do expect us girlfriends or wives or whatever to be the stay-at-home mums um yep. and it, it's still an attitude that is out there for example the other day we went to one of our old properties and they said why haven't you cleaned the gutters for a whole year this woman said to my husband did you not tell your wife that that is something she should be on top of and I was like huh is that my job as the <laughs> wife to clean really? the gutters yeah yeah oh my gosh yeah and not that there's anything wrong with, with moms that stay at home I would yeah, yeah. Think that, yeah, but that's that's just that's not who I am. <laughs> but yeah, well, and is, this is this yeah. is coming from Susanna, who I just learned has someone who clean who comes to clean three times a week. Is that what you said? I'm a busy lady. I'm running a business. That is awesome. On the board of a charity, sales <laughs> yeah. yeah. coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm rubbish at cleaning. Right, I'm rubbish. I I'm the worst <laughs> housewife in the world. Um, no man should ever want to marry me. And if they do, they'll be disappointed. So, yeah. Well, and I think it's about, I mean, realizing what your talents are and where your time is best spent, right? So that's... Amen. I don't pretend to be good at cleaning either. So <laughs> you got to be honest with time yourself. Time is money. 
Well, I, I think, yeah, I think based on especially driven women, um, we're out bringing home the bacon. I'm, my fiance, well, by the time this airs, he'll be a husband. Um, his his amazing supportive attitude, as traditional as he is, is, hey, get back in that studio and go close a deal. Hey, go make <laughs> some money. <laughs> and, he's, and he's supportive and okay with that. Um, but when we're this driven... Oh, we do have to have as much support mm-hmm. and, and, and that includes paying for that support so that we can make the money that we make at the hourly mm-hmm. rate that we make it. Absolutely. Yeah. There's absolutely. no shame in asking for help and there's no shame in paying for help. So no, right. absolutely yeah. not. And I've, I've got a question to, to start off you guys. I know we've got questions sure. about hospitality and um, real estate and all of that jazz. Um, but Something that's come up quite a lot recently is women in business. And I was talking to someone the other day and they said, why do women in business get such bad rep if they are driven? Um, you, you're more likely to be called a bitch or you're more likely to be called um, competitive or abrasive. And men don't have that much of a hard time with that. And I actually challenged it. What do you guys think? Do you think we get a bad rep in business for being driven? I do think so, for sure. I think a lot of the things that when I feel like I'm putting my foot down on something that are somebody might not like how I've said something or, or that I've taken that position would not be an issue if another other men that I know had said the exact same thing. And there's many situations where things are said or positions are taken that are much firmer or strongly delivered than something that I would say and it's not an issue. So it, that, that, it, that is a, definitely a challenge of being a woman in business for sure. And I was just trying to find, I, I can't see it now, but there was a post on LinkedIn the other day that, Annie, you might've seen it, that Stephen Green had written back to about, um, it was a, a graphic that showed a hardworking man, it was a cartoon, coming back home with a briefcase. And he looked really tired. His wife was standing there and it was just, ex- just explaining how, you know, don't, don't be mad at your husband because he's going out there and yes, he might not have time for you because he's taking meetings and calls and he's doing that though for the betterment of your family and blah, 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 blah. And Stephen wrote back and said, it goes two ways. He said, that could also be my wife that was out there that was doing those things. And I just thought that was so great the way that he chimed in on that because that's, that's the truth. I mean, there's a lot of women that are the breadwinners that are out having to do very, very long days, but it's with that same mentality of you're trying you're trying your best to do the best all the time to keep your family, your household on the best path forward. But is that cartoon from like 1950? It looks like it. Yeah. I mean, like, I think it's like kind of purposely supposed to be, be yeah. like that. But yeah. it's just it's funny that people are still saying like women, don't be mad at your husband if they're out working. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I'm odd. working from I'm working from home. My I'm just going to call him husband because he'll be a husband. Yeah. He works a 12 hour day, comes home and still cooks. Because yeah. I might still be working, and but I'm near, I'm near the, ki- I'm closer to the kitchen than he is. Yep. But but he comes home and still does all those things. Yeah. Yeah. That's good man. the modern guy. <laughs> yeah, that's a good man. Absolutely. Yeah, I think there too. Like I grew up in the Washington D.C. area, so I was, I think I, I was very fortunate in that my mom worked full time. My father was a policeman, actually. Um, so understand he like worked shift work, all that stuff. So they shared duties. So there was never like that defined role for my mom and yeah. my dad. They both shared it equally. Um, so when I moved to the South, it was very off-putting to me to all of a sudden encounter what 
I thought what being raised, that was like you said, 50s, 60s, the traditional way women were perceived was so different than what I had grown up thinking I was going to be. I wasn't mm-hmm. going to be a mom, a housewife. I was going to have a career. Um, but I did encounter the, um, you know, sit quiet at the table, don't ask the questions a lot. And being Southern um, businesses tend to be in our area and Alex said, I don't know if Myrtle Beach is very similar, but it's the good old boy network. It's the families oh, yeah. that have been there forever. Their sons are the successors to, you know, the leadership positions in a company. And that's not a bad thing, but there are women that can, there are women within those families that could rise to the top, but they just never did that. They were, it was accepted that they were going to go to college, get a degree, and then stay at home and have kids and, you know, have the cocktail parties or do all those type of things. But I didn't want that. And so I would go to these meetings and I would be one of, you know, one of two women sitting at a table wanting to learn and wanting to ask questions. And if there was a woman in the room, they tended to tended to say after the fact, don't ask questions unless you're asked a question. Don't don't speak unless spoken to. And I got a lot of that along the way. Um, so I think that goes back to am I a woman that my mother warns people about? So yes, yeah. I have to be because <laughs> I ask a lot of questions. I mean, I think that's why this podcasting is great because I just my mind is constantly wanting to know things. And right. I think that women that want to understand and learn are often seen as pesky or, you know, they're insolent because they're maybe questioning authority. And it's really not coming from a place of questioning authority. It's coming from a place of wanting to know, wanting to gain knowledge and wanting to be an equal to, uh, you know, anybody sitting at that table. And, and I, I do think that women get a bad rap for inquiring and, and, and being yeah. open to learn things. And it's just perceived incorrectly but i think it's also very um it, it can be subject to the region that you're you're in as to how well, and we, we, we talk about that a lot on our show annie about i mean if if you're in a room you're in a boardroom you're in a meeting you're in any kind of room and you have a question chances are somebody else in that room also has the same question yeah. and yeah. you know for myself personally you know growing up over the years building that confidence to be able to ask a question you know to even you know if not to worry about sounding you know, dumb or like I'm, I'm not educated on what the issue is, just ask the questions because normally that opens up discussion and somebody else that wanted to ask it, now they'll chime in too. And it's just experience, I think, and being in those situations that finally get you to that confidence that you can pull your seat fully up to the table. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's interesting because what, what you describe for women, right? The, I, I mean, you described it for yourself, Annie, but I think most of us can relate to this. Um, we, we ask questions and we're curious and we tend to be the talkers more so than a man would be. Um, and I have a whole set of stories about moving to the South and how I was treated when I was in a high leadership role. And I was like, where am I? Um, what is this place I'm at? That's all. Okay. That's another episode in itself. <laughs> but the fact that we're inquisitive and we're curious that, in my opinion, <laughs> makes us the better salespeople. I'm just mm-hmm. I'm just going to yeah. throw that out there because I think that's such an important quality um, because it's a mixture of empathy and, and true, Absolutely. authentic, I want to know more about you and get to know you. And deliver something that will help you, right? I mean, not just right. selling, I'm going to sell you, I don't care what your needs are, I'm just going to sell you what I have to sell. Right. I think as a woman, we we ask those questions so that we can connect to because it does feel good when you sell something to somebody or you provide a service that you are really able to help them or their business. Like that's a very fulfilling thing. Yeah. Yeah. I also think um, one thing that about our business, the line of business that Alex and I are in, in hospitality, 
is that relationships are so important. And I think that it, it's, it, it has often been overlooked about how women can nurture relationships a lot better than men because men don't want to get into that emotional aspect of bonding with someone. And it's not that every woman is emotionally driven, but I think women have a better ability to kind of see through you know, the numbers and see through the product, mm-hmm. get to like, again, to Alex's point, is this something that someone needs? There are, I have probably not sold to more people because the product wasn't right, but ended up coming out of it, selling a friendship and a relationship that became something that right. down the road, they came back to me and said, oh, well, now your product is what I need. Or I trust your judgment and your guidance. And you've always been had an open ear and, and listened to what I said. And you weren't trying to you know, talk over me to sell me what you had. You wanted right. to genuinely understand what it was. And I just think that women have a a better ability to do to do that and to bond and make that connection that, that they carry through their career. Mm-hmm. Mm. What advice, because we talk about this a lot um, and a lot of people say to me, Suze, what are we going to do for the next generation who are coming into this world where they maybe got two generations above them of boys clubs in business? And as we're kind of maybe the first generation of women to kind of encounter these boys clubs, what, how do we prepare the next generation to, to deal with it? What have we learned? I don't think they're going away. No, no that's what yeah. I think. That's what I mean. I think so. One of the things, so I got Alex involved in a group that I was very fortunate to be asked a part of called Women in, in Travel Tribe. Women in Travel Tribe. <laughs> and it put, together, it was put together from some ladies that I had worked with at Expedia, but also across the spectrum of travel in that um, out of the need that women were disproportionately affected due to COVID in that they were still, they were either losing their jobs at higher levels or having to leave their jobs at higher higher levels because they had to be home taking care of their kids. They had to homeschool. They were having to do things that they weren't normally being asked to do, but no one expected the men to do it. It was just the women just did what they had to do. So again, lost a lot of progress. And then I was listening to a podcast last week um, where the speaker was, uh, she said that COVID caused 36 years of loss in progress for, for equity, wow. for equality, for women in, wow. in the workplace. And she said, if you took that and you look at that across a general, that's a generation of working women that we lost progress. And so it is really incumbent upon us to work even harder now than we were working four years ago. You know what I don't understand, though, is that, I mean, I know a lot of those statistics came out while a lot of the unemployment was going on. But I mean, now unemployment is not a problem. I mean, people bring being hired in droves and there's just not enough people to fill any mm-hmm. of these roles. But are they looking at that now also? Because it wasn't about employment. It was about yeah. are you being underemployed? Yeah. So women leave the workforce and they were going back to get jobs and not necessarily they, you know, they may have made the choice to take a job lower because they were still having to, again, they were, they either had to move because maybe their husband's job got taken, yeah. taken out of the, there's, I think there's a lot of things at play there. And so I, I think, again, you could dive into the statistics of it and it, there's probably a lot more to speak to it or speak about what, what it is and what it actually isn't. Um, but I think it, it just, it, it just um, highlights the need. And Alex and I talk about it. We didn't have women that, that were there to lead us. So it's really important mm-hmm. for all of us to look at a younger generation and say, mm-hmm. we are here to support you. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to know what your career looks like right out of college. It's okay 
but ask the questions, be present, want to get that seat at the table, but, you know, make sure that you have somebody there that can not hold your hand through the process, but be there to be a sounding board. And and women are good sounding boards for each other if they just want to be. And I, I just feel like it's, I didn't have that. And I had women that were quite the opposite that were pushing me down and not taking the opportunity. And oh yeah, I had plenty of those. I want to be, I want to be the exact opposite. I I don't want. And what what if we added to this? I mean, I know that I'm asking for a lot right now, but what if we added to this? This is not just about asking younger women, you know, to come for help or to help mentor them. What about the younger men who are being raised, especially anyone in a, a good old boys club or, or tr- more traditional way? And I'm not knocking tradition. I have a tendency to be more traditional and conservative. Believe it or not, people might not believe that about uh, me. Never. But, <laughs> no, I, but, but think about, because going back to what you're saying, Annie, looking back at what COVID did and, and as you were telling this, I was actually, I was actually thinking about my previous co-host and what she was going through um, during that and the stress levels she was in, in homeschooling. And, Mm. and, and at that time she was in the, in the mortgage industry and her stress levels, because you think about 50% of these women um, are often single moms or, you know, there, so you got that divorce statistic in there. And I'm curious, I was I'm just wondering how many of those women were impacted by here's COVID. I got a homeschool. I don't have a supportive partner, ex-husband or whatever. And I'm taking all of it on. And I saw this happen to a lot of women that it really did impact their ability to work effectively because they were not only single parenting, but they were single parenting and not able to go work like they used to. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's a big piece of it based on, you know, whatever the stats are out there. But how do we also educate young men to uh, be supportive as they grow older into becoming parent, uh, parents and husbands so that this doesn't continue to repeat itself in the future? Yeah. It's a tough question. Yeah, I, I I don't know that I have an answer for that. Um, it it is tough. I mean, I th- I think I think a lot of things. I think things change, and I think it's sometimes it's easy to to look and and not recognize how much they've changed over the years. But I know in the Myrtle Beach market where Gina and I are, you know, when I first moved here in two thousand seven, it was for me it was definitely the old boys club around here. And mm-hmm. things have changed a lot since then. And I yeah, mean, it was so, it was so much that way that I moved here from New Hampshire and I got worked at uh, two different ad agencies and really just was not making much of a career, wasn't able, was in sales and really wasn't able to sell anything because I didn't know anyone and was really told by several people, you know, if you're not part of this family or that family, you really don't yeah. have a future in this town. And I literally almost moved back to New Hampshire because my dad was uh, owned an advertising agency in, in New Hampshire for, for 25 years. And I saw people that he was hiring that were my age and nobody was telling them that you're not going to have a career. I mean, they were came up through college and started working and had every opportunity to grow if they wanted to. So I felt like things were very much stacked against me at, at that time. But our area, you know, even being in the South, I know there's a lot of um, stereotypes, but we our area really has come a long way. I mean, we've got um, our the mayors of both of our cities, Myrtle and North Myrtle Beach, are women. The two Chamber of Commerce CVB presidents are women. 
Um, I'm the board chair of the CVB as a woman, obviously. Um, the chief of police is a woman in our town. I mean, there's there's a lot of really, really strong leadership um, among women in our area. And I, I think I think a lot of things have changed. And I'm not sure what it is about our area that's been able to kind of move that tide. But I do feel differently. And I think I rose up, up over the years with that. But I do feel much differently about business and how it's conducted now than I did 13, 14 years ago here. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I think there's been a lot of um, positive changes um, that have impacted us. Same with you, Alex. I came here in 2007 and I I, I came um, down here from Chicago to take over the IMAX theater at Broadway at the beach. And and, um, I struggled with how I was treated. Um, You know, I was like reopening this theater from the ground up. It was under construction. I had to manage a construction team. I had to hire 50 people and get them up and running and trained. And I had to do all the marketing and advertising. I had to do all the things. And the way I was treated, um, especially by any man who is a vendor or, or in construction, literally things like hearing, well, why don't you talk to your boss and you get back to us and you let us know what you, what you decide. And I'm like, I am the boss. Yeah. And I've and just told you what I decided not to do <laughs> yeah. business with you. Yeah. Right. Like that was, um, that was just heart wrenching for me coming from Chicago because I was never treated that way yeah. in Chicago. So I think there's definitely some ge- geographical things, but on the positive, we've seen the changes mm-hmm. here that it, yeah. it's gotten better. That's good. Mm-hmm. And I think there's something beautiful about seeing women standing up to these men. Um, who, who do treat them like that. Like, for example, I work with one client um, in the construction industry um, and always talks down to me, like always talks down to me. I know it's because I'm a woman. And I've seen it many times. He'll, he'll laugh at something I say, go, oh, you silly and stuff like that. And I stand up to him with the most uncomfortable situations. But because I stood up to him, we've got that level of respect now. And he refers people to me and it's, it's good. But if I hadn't have done that, he would have continued to treat me in that way. Um, I I think you just got to confront it sometimes. And thankfully, there are becoming more and more female leaders um, that that, that are growing and showing themselves to be strong female role models. And we now have people we can call strong female role models. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which we didn't have. Our our mothers didn't have that for sure. I mean, I, I can't, you know, yeah. It's um, it, it's good. It's good. And I think that, you know, Alex and I have had uh, several really strong women on our podcast. And one recently, she just announced today that she had got around a seed funding and she had been telling us, Margot from Hostfully. Yeah. Um, and so she had been telling us, you know, what it's like to be a woman CEO trying to pitch all these mm-hmm. VC funds to, you know, and the questions that she gets asked. And she's like, those are not questions that you would ask a man. Why are you asking mm-hmm. to me? <laughs> Very concerned about her children and how much time that takes. Yeah. And she's like, I've got it under control. Yeah. You can trust me. Like, I am already the CEO of this company and I'm doing fine. So like, yeah. you don't need to worry about if I have, I'm going to be able to make sure my kids are have rides to lunch, you know, or just yeah, I would have been I like, it. why don't you ask their father? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> that's how that's how I would have yeah. responded. Yeah. Why don't you ask their father? Response. I, I think we're guilty too, though. Um, and this is a thing that we were also speaking about objectifying. We're quite bad as women. Gina's going to tell me off because we're leaving sales now. But I'm we're quite <laughs> bad at objectifying men. How many times I saw something in the newspaper the other day saying, look at him getting his pecs out. 
Um, and who was it? I think it was Magic Mike or someone who, you know, getting his pecs up. How, you don't see that for women so much, do you? You don't see, oh, look at her getting her boobs up. Woo, shake your boobs. You don't. Right. You, yeah. I mean, they might, it happens, but you don't see it being publicized in the same way mm-hmm. that we fawn over men. Um, so, you know, there's a vote for the men. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we, okay. we put them down yeah. too. I, I, I think it's about you, Susanna, you touched on something about, I mean, just when you're in that situation being, it's okay if you have to prove to somebody that they need to respect you. I mean, I think that's, that's okay. Uh, you know, it, uh-huh. it takes that experience sometimes, but one of the other guests we recently had on the show, Tracy Johnstone, who um, worked for McDonald's corporate and operated seven franchises in Annie's area in Florida. She said, you know, growing up in the franchise world in McDonald's back in the day, going into those boardrooms, she was definitely the only female there and one of the questions we asked was, you know, what gave you the confidence to, to fit in and, and just to be able to, to thrive as a leader when I'm sure you probably got some strange looks being there. And she said, I just made sure I was very prepared for the meetings and I had my ducks in a row and I had everything that I needed so that when I had a chance to speak, people would respect me because they knew what information I was giving was important and relevant to the discussion. So I think that's, that's part of the confidence part is Mm. just preparing yourself with the right information so that when you do get that opportunity to prove yourself, you're going to damn prove yourself. (laughs) So yeah, Calamity Jane. I don't know if you've seen that musical, Gina. I bet you have because you're the yeah, I have I, I know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. She is so much better when she's being herself. And then they make her a woman. You know, they make her all womanly yeah. at the end. And it's like, just be yourself at the beginning. But yeah. no, she has to conform to the woman type. There's a lot to say yeah. about this. Um, That's another reason why this show is born for the the same reasons of like, I'm not, I'm just tired of being told how I need to be and how I need to conform and what are all the right things to do when I just want to be myself at the end of the day. Yeah. And we have, um, so Alex and I adopted the, you know, we chose a word for each chose our word for the year and mine was authenticity. And it was something that I learned as the more I pushed myself outside my comfort zone, the more I learned that the opportunities and the doors opened up when I was just my true authentic self, because Mm -hmm. the people that knew me respected me and my, my knowledge and what I was bringing to the table. And I didn't have to pretend to know more than I knew or less than I knew and know about things that I didn't know about to have a conversation. I could just be me and it was okay to just be me with all the warts and flaws and, you know, bad hair days. It didn't matter. Mm -hmm. Because they knew me and they knew my heart and my knowledge and what that was about. So for I think that girls and, and boys need to be taught at a young age. And we're dealing with my son. He's a twee's 21. And that age, you're just trying to find yourself. And, and with social media, it's at, all people put out there is the perfection, mm-hmm. is the is all the yeah. good things that happen in life. And so he's watching a lot of his friends graduate from college. And he says, you know, they have it all figured out. And I was like, they don't. Nobody has it all figured nope. out. <laughs> yeah, I, nobody I, does. I still don't have it figured right. out. I mean, social media is the high, highlight reel, but yeah. nobody really does. But I think, again, it's just it's just making people, making you understand at that age, it's okay. I'm I'm in my 50s and I still am trying to figure out what I want to be when I grow up. And if I don't figure it out, I think it's okay. Because I'm going to yeah. do a whole lot of really fun, crazy things and meet people like you ladies and do podcasts with Alex. And and, the, and it's okay. It's okay to have those flaws and it's okay to not be perfect. And it's not okay to not be an expert. It's okay. And that's what they need to understand. And I think authenticity too. It's okay. The things that you're interested in or not interested in. And I say that because I'm um, 
36 years old, almost 37. I don't have children. I have three dogs, like I said, who are 100% my children. <laughs> but that was something. That's definitely something that over the years, people are like, God, all you talk about is business. Like, when are you going to have kids? And it's like, I'm just, I, I, finally that question has settled down because I think I'm probably not going to, and that's by, by choice. But I, being asked that a million times gets frustrating mm-hmm. when it's like, why do you just assume that I'm, I, I want to or that I have yep. to? I mean, your life can be different right. and that's authenticity. I love what I do as my career and my other, my life at home is perfectly happy without kids. And that's a choice that everybody has, can make. And I, that doesn't mean that I'm not living my best life because I don't have kids. No, you are having the best hey, life, I, trust me. <laughs> you know, I, 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 was, I was similar to you at your age, Alex, and I wanted kids and it, it just didn't play out that way in, in my first marriage um, because he didn't, we, no, I, he didn't want them. I don't know. It, it just didn't happen. And it was what, and it was something that I did want. And um, I hear you, like, people asking those questions like you get engaged and it's like when you get married you get married when you're having kids yeah it's like it's it's people want to project their own things onto you which is super annoying but you know at 54 i'm now becoming a stepmom so um it wasn't the way i thought it would go but at least i'm getting a little bit of the mom thing that i i wanted but at the end of the day i did it so cliche did it my way uh frank sinatra Uh, but that was another reason for again with this show it was about creating standing in your brand Mm -hmm. standing in your personal brand Mm -hmm. what is your personal brand and being a hundred percent who you are and i remember when i created the show someone said to me aren't you worried about losing clients because the name of the show like no listen to the show i mean it's not like yeah one listen and you know it's nothing bad. i said i'm actually worried about taking on too many, many clients yeah. because yeah. they're gonna come flocking i love that to me right yeah. um yeah i don't know where i was going with that yeah. but there are many expectations it's okay, it's okay to push boundaries yeah <laughs> well your, your path is your path and you, you and you decide that and it's not for anybody to judge whether it's right wrong or or anything in between mm-hmm. you're meant to go on the path that you're meant to go on and some days you're gonna go down a wrong road and you'll get back on track but it's not for anybody to judge and tell you how to get there no yeah. i love the word authenticity such a good good idea to have a word did you say that's your word of the year Yes, I like that. I forgot to do my word of the year. I think it was joy. I can't remember. I did. I, I did a did word, a, a word, a song. There was a word, a song, and something else that, that it was Amber Hurdle. She a had, color, I think. Had, I think it was yeah, color. Like a, I can't remember, but it was, I know the word and the song. I had to. I had, and so those are the two that I really focused in on. But Amber Hurdle, she was a, one of our guests on our show, and she does um, branding and coaching. And, and that was one of the things that she did at the end of the year that you take stop on your year. And then moving forward, you just toss out all the bad things and you start your new year fresh with a word and a focus and a song that's going to kind of get you through, um, you know, through that next year and keep you, keep you on track, I guess. I love that. My word of the year was esprit de corps. Do you know what that, what that is? No. I, I visually see it and I cannot remember what I it wouldn't means. Know. So it's actually, and I normally have, I have a coffee mug that has it on there, but um, so esprit de corps, it's actually, it's a military term, but basically what it means is it's an organization or a group or a community of people coming together for the betterment of that organization. So working together, teamwork, loyalty, you know, just embracing the mission that we're all in this together. And I chose that word 
coming into this year as I was going to be chair of the board of directors because I felt that that was a really, this was a very unique opportunity that I had, but that that was a word that I shared with my board and with my exec and really talked through the importance of why it was, you know, why I thought of that. Um, because, you know, you can be in all sorts of different groups, whether it's your company or your church or boards or anything like that, associations. And it can be really hard when you've got competing interests and different personalities. But if you all agree, if you're all there if for the right reason, you agree on what the mission is, like you just you have to keep that mantra in mind, knowing that sometimes there are going to be disagreements, but be on the same team. And I, I think that makes the world a difference within an organization. Love that. Love that. I need a word. I need a word now. Yeah, it's a word of the half year. We're almost yeah, in June, so yeah. it's not too late. With, never too late. You can come up with a word. You can come up with a word, Susanna. June first. Think about next it. week, so you have a couple of days, and you can yeah. take them out the last half of the year with a strong word. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. do that. I mean, one of my things this year was to every time I felt like making a complaint about something, to tell someone about good service, um, which has worked really well. Because um, we often don't yeah. we rush to the negative bias, don't we? We never say. Hey, that was awesome. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. We we just mm-hmm. go past that. Gina, I know you're uh, you're just waiting for the the would you rather question mm-hmm. to wrap up. Oh, it's the wrap up. Up. <laughs> oh, it's the wrap up question. But I guys know this is this. new this year. Ooh, yeah, no, I didn't know. <laughs> we've mm-hmm. not, we've oh, not been prepped. Here we go. Scared about <laughs> what is coming? What? Yeah, I'm usually scared. I'm scared that <laughs> yeah. I never know what the question's going to be, so I'm right there. Questions we should have been warned about. Um, (laughs) Questions we we should have been warned about. So you can choose, actually. You can either have cute or you can have interesting. Cute or interesting? I'll do interesting. Okay, we'll go with interesting. So we're going to ask one of you lovely guests first. You can choose who goes first. Would you rather be braver than most people or be able to fly? Ooh, boy. I'd go with braver. Yeah, I'd go with braver too. I think, I mean, yes, you would, if you could fly, you could get things done because you could get there, or you could get more things done so you could get there quicker. <laughs> but if you're braver, if you're braver, you could all, also get things done and more quickly. Mm, okay. yeah, so it's, yeah. it's kind of, I don't know if that's how, you, how you, the question was written, but it's kind of the same concept that whether you fly or you're brave, you're getting things done and if I was Faster. braver, then I could probably try to fly and figure it out anyway. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a good point. And I was thinking if because I personally, I I would rather be able to fly. And I think you've got to be pretty brave to fly, no? So yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Co- yeah. That's a good question. What like is that. Gina gonna say? What is Gina gonna say? She's thinking. <laughs> I I would go with braver, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go backwards. Why I wouldn't fly. And you've asked this before. There was something else like this fly, or fly. This and I, oh, it was like be invisible yeah, or fly. Yeah. And I went with invisible. So I would say for this one, I don't want to fly and get somewhere faster. Because if I get somewhere faster, that means I'm just going to end up doing more work. <laughs> right. And I want to slow down. Yeah. So I would rather take my time doing bigger, badder, more audacious, riskier things that require me to be brave. Mm-hmm. I think I'll have more like impact. Yeah, I like Gina's answer. She could take, the, I, I take hers too. Yeah. I don't like, yeah. I don't like, <laughs> That's, I, I like, don't like your answer, I Gina. Like I don't that. like it. <laughs> <laughs> because. What else is new? If you could be quicker, if you could be quicker, you would have more time to chill, no? If you could get your work done quicker. 
Not me. Because you're blind. If I were quicker, I would do more yeah, work. Yeah, you don't have a gonna chill. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Me. I like that would just be like the faster I go, the yeah, no. But if you're quicker, then you're missing the experience along the way. Yeah. Right? Yes. Because you've got opportunity to do like more, really. To do more. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it's about the speed, but yeah, it's the it's depth just, and the depth quantity. And, yeah. <laughs> I think things. brave, when I hear brave, I hear I have to face my fears. And it's in facing my fears where the growth comes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, I love it when she comes yeah. out with these yeah. nuggets. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we, we, have, we have a couple of phrases that we love. One, um, Fear is a green light that means go. When when you feel something, when something makes you fear, fear fearful, that means you need to go in all the way because you're going to come out on the other side with yeah. more confidence. Whether it worked out or it didn't, you you have to let yourself prove to yourself that you did it. Yeah, and, and I like the, it. The more fear you stand with, the less fear you end up having. Yeah. You're going wow. to every every step you take is one step away from that. Fear. And what's what's the worst that can happen? You know, I mean, that's that's a question that we ask a lot too. I was just um, the the gym that I go to actually is closing, and I've been going there for like five years. And one of the girls that works there, I asked her, I said, "What are you going to do?" And she said, "Well, I don't know. I might go apply at this one gym, but I don't know if they they hire me, and there's a reason." And I said, well, "Why not? What's I mean? Tr- what's the worst going to happen? I mean, ask. You know, like go talk to them, see if they will. I mean." You're, you won't be any worse off if they say no right. than you are right now. Eat What's the, the difference? frog. But, Eat the frog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At, and and yeah. ask for what you want. Yeah. Ask for what you want. You do not get what you do not ask for. Exactly. Well, ladies, we, we could keep talking here forever with the blonde so mafia. Wisdom. <laughs> so much wisdom. Invasion of the blondes, the, the blondies. Uh, but I have to get on a sales call and close another deal. Um, sell, sell, sell. <laughs> I have a feeling this is. This is a second call, so I have a feeling it's a close. Awesome. Good energy going into it. <laughs> so um, it was great having you here. Annie Holcomb and Alex Usner, thank you so much for being on our show on the Women Your Mother Warned Show about. And if they want to reach out to you guys and listen to your podcast, what is the best way to do that? They can go to our website. It's alexandannypodcast.com or you can look up Alex and Annie um, on any of the podcasting um, apps that you use. And also, we're super excited because you guys are coming on our show in, yes. I think, about a month. We've got that scheduled. So this is yeah, really, awesome. really fun. We're super appreciative of the opportunity to be here. And likewise, we can't wait to come invade your show. I might put on a blonde wig. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> I would yeah. want to do our okay. questions for Susanna, though. No, like, <laughs> Real me. Awesome. Well, <laughs> Warners, we got to wrap it up. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Women Your Mother Warned You About. Hey, you want to up-level your sales game? Go check out salesgravy.university. Salesgravy is also the sponsor of this show. Who knows? You might end up taking a class with Susanna or I. We both have new classes coming up. My next new class is Selling with Humor, and Susanna's got an awesome course on, you know, I'm going to let you describe it, Susanna, because all I know is all I hear about from Jeb Blunt is how it's the most amazing course of any course we've created there. And I'm like, enough about Susanna, but let's hear about how great it is. Don't get jealous. Don't get jealous. (laughs) It's amazingly produced and it's got some golden nuggets of wisdom. It's recruiting A grade salespeople. So go and check it out. Yeah, it is really good. All right, we're out of here, Warners. We will see you next time. Bye.